And good morning, NASCAR fans. Welcome to Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you once again. And uh, great to be back with, here with you. As I had the week off there last week, but have plenty of NASCAR to catch up with and two incredible races uh, to talk about that, that we've had over the past couple weeks as well. Going to go over all of that, of course, what we liked from it, what we didn't like from it, uh, the moves that were made to, to win those races and whatnot. And of course, uh, Brandon's experience firsthand there at the new Atlanta Motor Speedway. And of course, we'll look forward to Richmond later today as well. But uh, Brandon, yeah, let's start there a couple weeks ago now uh, but a huge win by William Byron and first of all a, a completely new track uh, kind of with with the repaving and, and restructuring there with with Atlanta Motor Speedway and I, I know it was one of those bittersweet type of things but from firsthand being there yourself man how was it it seemed like it was amazingly exciting uh from from where i was sitting watching the race and uh it, it certainly didn't seem like a disappointment pj i tell you what man they did an absolutely amazing job reconfiguring atlanta i mean we we sat there and we heard a lot of drivers talk about how much they love the old atlanta and the tire wear there and and uh, how it was more car management and you know the, more in the driver's hands i would say you know they got they got to balance their cars can't use your tires up you know got to got to manage and uh I tell you, with this brand new layout on this track, one, it's it's one of a kind. There's nothing else like it out there. And the racing they got put on through all three series, the Trucks Xfinity and the Cup Series, was just absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, you know, I, I know you watched on TV, and if anybody out there did, you saw. I mean, it, it was not the typical mile and a half. I mean, these cars stayed together the whole time, almost almost like a mini Daytona in a way. Um, so it was awesome. I, I tell you what, I think that uh, you know NASCAR definitely got what they wanted out of it it was very exciting as a fan watching it i mean there was action all you know happening every lap passes for leads runs were huge um the bump drafting on restarts and throughout you know the the different stages of the race was just absolutely awesome something that you know somebody that's been going to atlanta since 1992 and i have never seen anything like that in my life so i think they i think they definitely uh you know hit the nail on the head now there are a couple things i would say uh in my eyes that i would like to see happen there just to kind of get it figured out a little bit um you know i was really hoping that they would run uh the full package uh instead of the super speedway package that we run at daytona the the lower horsepower high downforce i would love to see what the higher horsepower lower downforce would do on that track I think that they'd still be able to race together. It would still keep them somewhat packed up, but you might see a little bit of that older mile and a half. And Atlanta has the perfect opportunity to do that. Uh, I, I know the data's got to come out and NASCAR's got to kind of figure it out and make a call on it. But why not do another first of a kind and have one race in March where it's a low, you know, the low horsepower, high downforce Daytona Super Speedway package and turn around in the summer in July race and run the 670 horsepower package? I mean, I think that would be an awesome deal for them to do but uh, man I tell you what they did an amazing job reconfiguring that track I cannot wait to get back up there and see another race there I mean it was exciting from start to finish every lap on every single race so I, I, I absolutely loved it yeah, I would I would have to agree with you quite a bit there. I mean, there were so many different things that were uh, so extremely exciting 
there with with the new Atlanta Motor Speedway. I, I am with you. I, I think it would be uh, pretty interesting and pretty fun to see them run that full package uh, instead of the Super Speedway package. And um, that being said, you know it, it was very exciting. The style of racing was incredible. I really I, I needed to see it before I believed it that that it was going to be this type of racing on a on a racetrack like Atlanta, just because I, I hadn't seen it done. I don't know if correctly is the right word, but I, I just hadn't seen it done in that fashion before where it's a mile and a half track like like Atlanta where it gets pretty narrow there in the corners, uh, but it's also that kind of drafting and side drafting, all that, uh, getting after each other. So, man, it, it was insanely exciting to see that and see that be a success as well and to see the guys navigate through that and kind of have that anxiety throughout the whole race um, was, was, you know, it, 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 you could tell, you know, you could tell it was impacting them uh, at the same time. Sure, we, we saw some of that uh, single file stuff here and there, but that's perfectly fine. That's that's part of, um, you, you know, that kind of racing. And at the end of the day, we did have a, a really exciting end of the race there. And I want to get your thoughts on that as well. There was a lot of movement uh, there it didn't look like it looked like maybe there wasn't gonna be, but it, you know, as as it all works out, the pact kind of start to form uh, there as the laps keep winding down. Who's gonna make the move? When are they gonna make it? And before you know it, you have the whole uh, line of cars being shifted. Uh, you know, you had a situation where. Yeah, maybe it was it was going to be Bubba Wallace uh, getting getting the victory, making a move, being able to make the victory, and, and he's all the way down in 13th by the end of the race. I know Kurt Busch uh, was was 11th or 12th before all that happened. He finishes third, and of course William Byron, who dominated the race, leading 111 laps, holds off everyone and gets the win. Yeah, I tell you, PJ. I mean, <clears throat> there again, this is it's, it was a classic speedway finish there in a while. You know, I mean, the one thing I will say is it seemed like Friday, Friday or on Saturday with the trucks in the Xfinity race, the bottom never really came in. And I think it would have worked for them. They just they would never line up down there and stay down. Um, and we saw a lot of that Sunday to where they were able to make that inside line move. Um, and I tell you what, man, I mean, from watching on TV, I've never been to Daytona and Talladega personally. I've never seen that style of racing in person. But to me, the run, how quick they were able to draft up and pull out and run um, just absolutely blew my mind. I mean, it seemed like a guy would pull out and have a run and go down to the bottom and pass three guys through the center of the turn um, and then lose a little bit of that momentum, obviously, to the high line coming off. But the racing did not disappoint at all. I mean, I was really hoping Elliott was going to pull it out there. He was leading there in, in stage two, and I'm like, oh, man, got the position, got the track position. He's looking good and kind of lost a little bit of that track position, and, and we've seen it before. I mean, I will say that I think Atlanta, it's harder to get back that track position, one, it being the first time they ever raced on that racetrack. I think as we do it more, they're going to learn and figure out ways to to advance themselves, um, but track position there again, at, like a lot of places we go, is key. And I mean, what a, what a big win for for William Byron, man! I, I love William Byron, the iconic 24 car. I mean, if anybody knows me, Gordon was my favorite driver, is my favorite driver of all time. Um, so anytime that 24 car ends up in victory lane, regardless who's winning it, it kind of hits me in a soft spot in the heart, man. So um, it was awesome. And then you know, uh, LB from coaches, you know, his his uh, grandkids were up there, and one of them, uh, Joey, is a, a huge William. Byron 
Byron fan, um, and I always think it's amazing to get kids involved. And he, they, both of them, absolutely love racing. And uh, what a neat experience for him to come to the second race he's been to and turn around and see his favorite driver win. I mean, that's something that he's going to remember forever. So uh, there again, man, I think the racing there was awesome in Atlanta. I think that everybody did a good job, and you kind of touched on it with the nerves that they have and the unknowns that were known throughout not only the racetrack but the car itself on that style, of, uh, you know, on that track and that style of racing. Um, the drivers did a good job, and you hit it 100% when you said you could tell they were anxious and ready and nervous. Um, I, I never felt like anybody during that 325-lap race settled in and was like, okay, you know, we're just going to ride. I, I've got this figured out. I mean, it was hectic from green to checkered, man. And as long as they keep putting on shows like that up there in Atlanta, man, they're going to keep selling selling some good tickets, man, and getting some people in the seats because uh, that was probably one of the best races I've been to up there in the last five, six years for sure. I'm happy you're saying that about where you were up there in Atlanta because I, I thought the same thing from watching it at home uh, on the TV. Like you said, what an experience that must have been for, for everybody that was there with you, and I'm glad they got to experience that. Glad you got to experience it, man. With Because I, I know, like you said, it's special to see that 24 car back in Victory Lane, especially with, with the flames on the side as well. That paint scheme, very reminiscent of the DuPont uh, Chevrolet paint scheme, that um, the flame paint scheme that Jeff Gordon used to run, even though it was different colors, it still had the flames on the side. So, uh, man, that that was that was classic, and he was running. I mean, he was he was de- demanding and commanding that racetrack from uh, from the front. So uh, he he did a great job there, and uh, yeah, what an incredible race! Can't wait to see them go back to Atlanta and and take this on once again. And uh, I'll tell you what, William Byron got the win there. Ross Chastain comes home with a second place finish, and you had to think, man, it's it's only a matter of time until. He punches his ticket. He gets his first win, and that track house, Team Trackhouse gets their first win as well. They wouldn't have to wait long. We'll come back and talk about the Circuit of the Americas race from last weekend uh, here on Green White Checkered on ESPN Radio. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you. And be sure to check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock there at Coach's Corner. Go grab a bite to eat, uh, have some uh, great drinks and some great entertainment. Entertainment as well as Brandon Bain catches it up on all the NASCAR uh, news throughout the week and of course get you ready for the weekend as well there in NASCAR. That's Rubbin' and Grubbin' every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock at Coach's Corner. If you can't make it, tune in to the Coach's Corner Facebook page there at 6 o'clock for Rubbin' and Grubbin'. But uh, Brandon, we went back to the Circuit of the Americas one more time or not one more time, but uh, another time here for the NASCAR Cup Series and thankfully we were able to see a clear race, right? Uh, you know, all the t- torrential downpours that were uh, there in 2021 when we went to Circuit of the Americas really put a damper and, and you know, what was a big problem for that racetrack. So much so that some people didn't want to see NASCAR go back. NASCAR did go back, and I... I Gotta say, I'm, I'm pretty happy they did. I thought that was a pretty entertaining race. Uh, it's a pretty wild racetrack, and it was great to see NASCAR uh, kind of tackle that as a whole. But uh, before we get to the finish of the race, uh, Brandon, how good was it to see a dry racetrack there at Circuit of the Americas, and, and how impressed were you with uh, the racing? I know I know, well, we'd, we'd rather see less road course races, but I think that that was a pretty entertaining, uh, pretty entertaining track for NASCAR to go to. 
Uh, for sure, PJ. I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, last year when we went there, I mean, it was pouring down rain, radial tires, windshield wipers. I mean, you know, just a lot of things that the, the racetrack itself really didn't get to shine. You really didn't get to see what these cars and drivers can do on that racetrack and what kind of race it puts on. And this year we got to see that. Um, and, I, and I think start to finish, that was one of the better road course races I've seen in a while. You know, we talk about it on here all the time. I talk about it on Rub and Grub, and I'm not a huge road course fan. Um, I, I think there again, there should probably only be four uh, every year instead of five or six or seven. Uh, but at the end of the day, I tell you what, I'm glad that, that out there in Austin, Circuit City of America has got to put on a show for its fans, all the NASCAR fans out there, and they got to see, like you said, a nice, good, clean race, no weather. Um, and, and what an amazing finish it was. I mean, that's kind of ultimately what it's coming down to nowadays when you look back at uh, kind of a lot of the races we've been in so far this year have come down to very tight battles at the end, and, and I don't think there's really anybody that's went out and dominated one yet this year and go, okay, well, this guy just ran away from the field. Nobody's really been able to run away. So uh, that was the, the case there again at Circuits of the Americas. And, uh, man, I tell you, even though Elliott's probably one of the best on the road course, it, I'm not a huge fan of him. But uh, I, I was very, very uh, excited to see that race be clean, be un, not under weather, not rain, not three inches of water. And, and if you recall, it got called early there. They called, NASCAR called the race uh, last year because it, was, it rained so bad and um, and, and, you know, I think driver safety comes into play with that, too. I mean, NASCAR did a really good job to even make that race happen last year. Um, and I know a lot of guys were, had, were not comfortable racing on, the, on that amount of water, even though they had the radials and windshield wipers. Um, but, yeah, what a, what a great, amazing show they put on there in Austin and Circuits of the Americas. And really, I, I'm looking forward to a couple other road course races. Uh, you know, there when we when we get into talking about the finish, like you say, I mean, hey, Ross Chastain bringing home that first career Cup Series win, bringing home that first win for Trackhouse Racing. I mean, like you said, you hit it on the head when you said we knew after Atlanta it was coming. I think that was four straight top three finishes um, that he that he's had so far. Uh, so I mean, you know, some people got the, up in their feels about it, man, got in their emotions about some of the the style of racing and in the last few laps there, which I'm sure we'll touch base on soon. But, uh, I mean, I got to give a big shout-out to Ross Chastain Watermelon, man. He went out and did exactly what he had to do to get that win. And uh, I don't think there's a, a driver out there put in that same situation that's going to be okay with just taking second and not do everything that they can to get that win. So uh, we'll have to see where it goes from here, man. But that was a, that was a good race out there in Austin, that Circus of America, for sure. Yeah, man, I, th- I thought it was pretty incredible as, as well. And uh, d- like you said, they did everything they could to get that race put together there last year. And, um, I, I mean, I was pretty pretty critical of NASCAR as well after that race. And just uh, I know they did everything they could to get them on the track. I think they kept them on the track uh, for a little bit too long. I, I think a few laps was probably a little bit too long there last year. And then, like you said, they did stop it short. Thankfully, this year we got to see it to its completion and and. It, yeah, it was it was one of those classics uh, that it, it, I don't know one of those classics for a for a road course race that's kind of messy at the end of the day. But hey, man, I I'm here for it, right? I, one of my favorite races and one of my favorite finishes of of all time is Watkins Glen 
Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, and Marcus Ambrose just going at it. You know, you're taking off the gloves and going at it all over uh, Watkins Glen there on the last lap. Uh, I believe, it, I forget exactly what year that was. I think it might have been 2012 or 2013, but uh, that's that's one of my favorite finishes of all time, if, if not one of my, if not my favorite. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, like you said, guys just going out there and, and doing what they needed to do to, to win a race and, and, you know, throwing throwing everything they can out there to try and get it done, and Ross Chastain was the one that was able to get it done. Uh, for the track itself, I thought it was very impressive. I thought it was fun to watch, uh, for sure. Uh, like all the different styles of corners that, that you have there and, and all the different segments of racetrack as well, including uh, a few uh, pretty pretty long straightaways there to gain up some speed as well. So I thought it was really fun to watch NASCAR uh, tackle this racetrack all together. And, uh, of course, yeah, that those moves there at the end of the race uh, from A.J. Allmendinger, Alex Bowman, and Ross Chastain to, to figure out who was going to win that thing. Ross Chastain comes home with the victory. Uh, I think we're, we're both kind of on the same page there. I know, as you mentioned, uh, guys doing what they – doing what they need to do to be able to get the victory. And Ross Chastain goes, gets his first win of his career. Do you have any sort of problems with with how uh, A.J. Allmendinger, Ross Chastain, anybody went uh, about their last lap there or or no? Was it too much or, or was it exactly what it needed to be? Uh, man, look, the way I've always been, well, on the final lap, man, when that white flag comes out, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you know, as an Elliott fan, of course, when it happens to your guy, you're upset, like, oh, man, that's kind of some BS, and that, that shouldn't happen, you know, oh, that was dirty. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's racing, right? These guys go out and get paid to win races, not only for their sponsors, their contracts, their, their owners, you know, but for their teams. I mean, it's a team sport. These guys put in time all year long, one of the shortest off-seasons in sport, and, and that's what you're there to do. You're there to win a race so in my eyes there's no foul now with that being said when the same thing in the shoes on the other foot and the same thing happens to Chastain if somebody you know drives him down in a corner a little hard or, or takes him out completely to win a race you can't be upset about it you know I hate seeing AJ Allmendinger lose that way I, I've got a soft spot for him I think he's a really good race car driver um, you know he had his ups and downs through his career in NASCAR and got that win there in Indy and I mean looked like he was going to bring another one home there at Circuit City of the Americas. I mean, when you talk road course racing, A.J. Allmendinger is probably one of the top two, top three guys on the list um, and, and not in some of the top premier equipment of the sport. So for them to be able to go out and do that, I hated seeing him kind of losing that way. Uh, you know, we saw him kind of put a little bit of a move on Chastain and move him out of the way, which was 100% fair game, not dirty at all. And I'm not going to say what Ross Chastain did was dirty by no means, but, man, you can tell he drove him into that corner knowing exactly what was getting ready to happen. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, it's all about championships and it's all about wins and making your sponsors and owners happy. So not only does he get a first win of his career in the Cup Series, he gets the team the first First win, but ultimately, almost at the end of the day, he ultimately locks himself into the playoffs. So, I mean, that that speaks dividends on on how big of a leap Trackhouse has made. And I think that what we're seeing in these finishes uh, for the past couple of years, honestly, I mean, we saw it with Alex Bowman and Denny Hamlin. Um, you know, we've seen it with Elliott a couple times. We've seen it with you know Kevin Harvick and and, and Kyle Larson there. I mean, we we've, we've seen it with so many different guys to the point where. 
it's so competitive throughout the top 15 to 18 guys. It's so competitive right now with the cars. Nobody, even though the Hendricks and the Gibbs and the Penske's got the most money, they're not able to run away from the smaller funded teams. So, um, like I said, they're hard to come by. Wins are not easy to get in that level of racing at all in NASCAR on the, on the top Premier Cup Series. So, look, at the end of the day, if whatever it is you can do to win, hey, man, I'm all for it. But like I said, when the shoe's on the other foot and somebody does it to you, it can't be a double standard, man. You just got to take a deep breath, swallow your pride, and uh, go on to the next one for sure, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hear you, and, and a lot of people won't be surprised here, but I, I pretty much completely agree with you. Love what you said there about, listen, this is this is a team sport, and you got to do everything you can to do to get your guys in victory lane. It's not just about you, but of course, you, you also want to go out there and get your first win, get your team's first win for, for Team Trackhouse uh, and, and everything like that. Have that same feeling that A.J. Allmendinger had for track, uh, for um, Colic Racing there last year at Indianapolis. And like you said, it, it was tough for me to, to really. I like AJ Allmendinger and I like Alex Bowman to see to see all of those guys up there duking it out. I was part of me was like, hey, at least as as long as one of these guys win, I'm going to be happy with it. And uh, at the end of the day, I, I was happy with honestly how they they raced each other too. Um, you, you know, you kind of had AJ Allmendinger saying at the end of the day, we got to look ourselves in the mirror and be okay with everything you did. And I I. Honestly, at the end of the day, I, I think he was. Uh, you know, he he kind of uh, made a move there with Ross Chastain, moved him a little bit uh, before Chastain got passed by Bowman. And I love. I think Mike Joy said he might have to move them both. And hey, Ross Chain Ross Chastain ended up having to, and and that's just what happened. A quote from Ross Chastain saying, "We raced hard, both of us, and I can't let that go down without a fight." End quote. And uh, I completely agree. If you just let yourself get passed and don't have any sort of retaliation um, or or or, uh, you know, poke your poke your elbow out a little bit to try and get past the guy on the last corner. Uh, I, I think you're probably not doing what you need to do, right? So uh, I, I am all for it. I think that was incredible racing. It was a great end to the race, and I'm very happy uh, that, yeah, Ross Chastain, good for them, and uh, good for Team Trackhouse to be able to get that victory. And they've earned it, too. I, I mean, all year they've been right up there, even with Daniel Suarez as well. He's really been the leader, and Ross Chastain has really come on strong the last few races, this is going to be a team that they're, I don't think they're going away right now. I think they're going to uh, be here to stay for a little bit in the NASCAR Cup Series, especially here in 2022. But uh, we'll come back. Not a ton of time left, but we'll come back and uh, check out our picks for Richmond later today and uh, sort that all out. Really excited for this one at Richmond. We'll come back talk about that here on Green White Checkered. And welcome back. It's Green White Checkered here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko, Brandon Bain here with you once again as we look forward uh, to a great NASCAR race later today coming up at Richmond. Of course, be sure also to check out Rubbin' and Grubbin' every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock there at Coach's Corner or check it out on the Coach's Corner Facebook Live feed if you can't physically make it there to Coach's Corner for Rubbin' and Grubbin' with Brandon Bain there at 6 o'clock covering all things NASCAR. But Brandon, we got Richmond later today. Green flag about 345, so a late afternoon race there at Richmond Raceway. Who you got? Who you looking out for? Who's uh, your, your kind of top five guys to look out for today at Richmond? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about this one. We're kind of getting into that short track circuit, if you will, uh, the next three races, you know, Richmond, Martinsville, and then Bristol Dirt, which is a little different. But uh, we're getting ready to see what this next-gen car will do on, on a short racetrack. And I tell you, I think it's going to be exciting. I think we're going to see a finish probably similar to what we've seen last week. Uh, I think at the end of the day, today somebody's going to end up using the bumper to move somebody. We saw it yesterday with uh, John Hunter Nemechek and Ty Gibbs there. You're going to see it again today for sure. But uh, top five, I tell you, I've been talking about it all week and it's a guy that really honestly in my eyes has kind of in a lot of people's eyes has kind of underperformed so far this year um, and that's going to be Denny Hamlin I mean when you go back and you look at the history of what he's been able to do in his career at Richmond uh, it's, it's arguably one of the best racetracks that he races at I mean we know what he does at Martinsville you know Virginia native there so I mean both these racetracks are very dear dear to his heart I'm sure uh, but I got to go with the 11 man I mean he, he's won I think four straight stages uh, up until that last one last year and I, I want to say he's finished inside the top three, I don't know, five out of the last six times or something crazy, man. So uh, the 11's got Richmond figured out, so I'll take him one. Two for me, uh, it's got to be another guy there again that we don't really talk about being a great short track racer, but for some reason Richmond kind of fits his style, and that's Martin Truex. I mean, he, he swept there in 19, winning both of those races, um, and, and I think there again it's another guy that we've seen had a really good run at a couple racetracks, but he struggled this year. So uh, I think this is a place where Gibbs in general is going to get some things turned around, so I'll take him number two. Uh, three for me, I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't think you can go without taking this guy at a racetrack, and it's got to be Kyle Larson. I mean, Richmond's not one of his better racetracks by no means, um, but there again, I think when you look at you know race car drivers, period, and what they're able to do, one of the most talented guys, so I expect him to kind of get the ship corrected over the last couple weeks and uh, get a good finish there at Richmond. Uh, four for me, we'll take Joey Logano. I mean, there again, it's a guy, Mr. Consistency, if you will. I mean, he's just solid everywhere we go. It seems like uh, you know he, he's had some troubles here and there so far this this year, uh, but been pretty consistent. So we'll we'll take him number four, uh, five for me. Man, this it, it's so hard to pick these PJ this year, especially because nobody's clearly dominant yet. Nobody, it, it, there's no information to fall back on, man. But uh, five for me, man. Let's let's take my boy Chase Elliott. I mean, there's so many guys you can put there, but I, I gotta at least stay true to my guy, and hopefully he comes, locks it down, and uh, you know gets his win this season. It, it's it's very rare we talk about uh, all three other Hendrick drivers having wins and not Chase Elliott. So uh, maybe today's the day that he that he gets it wrapped up. Up and done. Uh, I know he comes in as the favorite there, but uh, leading the points, and that's probably the reason why, but he's never had a career win there, so maybe today's when he locks it down. And uh, Dark Horse picks, man, I tell you, I, I've kind of been on this bandwagon a few times this year, and he's disappointed me a couple times, but he's done good a couple times, and that's the 43 of Eric Jones. I mean, ultimately, that car number has won more races at Richmond than any other. Uh, you know, being there with Richard Petty, I think Petty had 16 wins total in his career at Richmond, uh, something astronomical. So uh, I love love seeing the 43 run good, so I'd definitely take him as a dark horse. And uh, Eric Armarola, man, a guy we don't really talk about too too often, had a really good run going there in Atlanta, uh, kind of got moved out of the way, didn't quite get the finish that he probably deserved. Um, but we saw him dominate and get that that win for uh, Stuart Haas last year at, um, at New Hampshire. So I think he's kind of got a niche for short tracks as well and uh, definitely going to have to watch out for Daniel Torres. For, I mean, uh, uh, going to have to watch out for uh, 
uh, Eric Armarola for sure, man. I think that's a guy uh, got to keep an eye on today there at Richmond. Yeah, man, great picks there, like all of those uh, for sure, especially you started talking about uh, Eric Jones there, definitely, and got got to look out for him, that car number as well, as you mentioned. Uh, looking forward to, to Richmond, without a doubt. Like you said, kind of this start to this uh, short track spread a little bit here in the NASCAR schedule and uh, kind of getting back to basics a little bit, getting back to what we know as NASCAR fans, right? Well, uh, you know, a couple of those you said really struck a nerve with me and, and honestly are some guys that I was thinking of already. I think, you know, I might be crazy and I might be completely proved wrong. I think this might be a kind of a get back to normal type of race here later today. What I mean by that, we've had a lot of exciting races, have had a lot of small teams making some big noise. I think we might have the quote-unquote big teams, the corporate teams, right, come back strong here today at Richmond. I'm going to start off with Joey Logano, actually, um, not not an insane favorite to win this race, but has always been strong at Richmond. I feel like, um, you know, was, was really close there last spring as well. I think he could be ready to close the deal here at Richmond. Like what you said about Hamlin and Truex Jr., and I'm right there with you, Truex Jr. has has really dominated uh, short track racing, and if it hasn't been him, it's been Denny Hamlin over the past few years. I'll go with Hamlin first and Truex Jr. uh, second there. Uh, on my list, and if you look at uh, number four, like you were ta- like like what you were talking about there with Chase Elliott, think he might be able to come up and, and grab a, a really solid finish, maybe even compete uh, for a victory there as well. And for number five, I'll go with the pole sitter there with Ryan Blaney, able to put together a really solid lap. And uh, Penske's been been really strong with all their calls, cars all year. I think Ryan Blaney's kind of been knocking on the door, and I'll go with him number five there to compete for victory and have a really solid finish there at Richmond later today. My um, dark horse maybe isn't much of a dark horse this year because he's been competing really well. I mentioned him last segment. Daniel Suarez going to go with the 99 there. Uh, Team Trackhouse gets their victory last week. Maybe they can come back and compete for a victory or have a really solid finish this week at Richmond as well. But it has been great to be back here with you on Green White Checkered. We'll be back here with you, of course, throughout the rest of the year here as we look forward to some great NASCAR racing in 2022 and from Richmond later today. For Brandon Bain, I am PJ Zuko. Hoping you have a fantastic rest of your race day. Thank you for listening to Green White Checker here on ESPN Radio every Sunday from 9 to 9.30. Have a great rest of your day. Stay safe. God bless.